name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the most common sin in the Holy Scriptures throughout the Bible, both Old and New Testament, that God talks about the most to reject, to avoid, is not murder, is not the sins that we can think of, just the top of our heads when we think of the worst sins. The, worst, the most common sin that God talks about in the Bible is idolatry. So not adultery, but idolatry. Idolatry. It actually falls, idolatry falls under the first commandment, right? The first commandment, I am the Lord, your God, have no other gods before me. So that's what idolatry is, putting something before God, a person, a thing. And God is constantly throughout the scripture verses reminding us, Old Testament, New Testament, don't put anything else before me. Don't have any other false gods. I am your God. Nothing else will be able to save you. So, Rather than just giving an actual formal definition of what idolatry is, in the first reading, God actually says something which I think encompasses the definition of idolatry. He says, there is no just and saving God but me. Turn to me and be safe. All the ends of the earth, for I am God, there is no other. Right? That there is nowhere, no one else, nothing or no person besides our God who can save us. And so idolatry is turning to something or someone other than God for some type of security, for some type of safety. And we can all do that, and it looks differently for each of us. But if this is, I would say, the first commandment, right? The, the commandments are in order for a reason. If this is the first commandment, then we have to pay extra close attention. I rarely hear people in confession confessing idolatry. Very rare. Yes, I do this and I do this, and they refer to it, but if we actually label it and we name it, then we can avoid it. As Chaldeans, idolatry is something that runs very, very, very deep in our bloodline, and it comes back from our ancestors. And so tomorrow we celebrate and start the Ba'utha prayers. The Ba'utha prayers is something that we do, three-day fast in the Chaldean church. Now, where does it come from? Some of us know why we do it, we don't do it. But if we don't understand that it has to do with idolatry, if we don't understand that our own ancestors turned to something or someone for safety rather than God, hoping that someone or something can save them, then Ba'utha will be over in three days. We won't be ready for Lent and our lives don't change. So it's very, very much thousands of years ago, our own ancestors dealt with idolatry. For those who are not familiar, Ba'utha takes place back in the Old Testament in the book of Jonah. If you haven't read the book of Jonah, it's not very long. Now is a great time over the next three days to really dive into it, to really understand our Chaldean heritage, where we come from, and so on and so forth. So for those who are not familiar with the story, just real quick, God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh. Nineveh, the Ninevites, to go speak to the Ninevites is modern day Mosul, which is in Iraq where our ancestors lived. Our Chaldean ancestors were not Hebrews, they were pagans. They didn't believe in God at that time. And so God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell them, change their ways, get rid of their idolatry. They are worshiping other gods besides me. I am their God. Go tell the Chaldeans, go tell the Ninevites, I am their God. And if they don't change their ways, Jonah, then I will destroy their country. I will destroy them. And so what does Jonah do? He runs away. I don't want to do that. So we know the story. For those who do, the whale swallows Jonah, spits him up on the beach, and then sends him to Nineveh. That's how much we meant to God. The measures that God went to to save us. For us to repent, to change our lives, 
to get rid of idolatry, to stop hanging on to something, security and safety and other things besides God. He said, I'm not having it. Go and talk to them. And he went. And Jonah went and he told the Ninevites, change your ways, three-day fast. If you don't, God is going to destroy you. And what did they do? They did it. Use one man to change a whole country, a whole series of people. And after God saw that we changed our ways, the Chaldeans from Mosul, we changed our ways, the Ninevites, then he had mercy on us. And that's why we celebrate Ba'utha. We celebrate Ba'utha to say Ba'utha means pleading. Right? They pleaded with God in the Old Testament, help us, save us. You are our God. No one else can save us besides you. We give up our idols. We give up the idolatry. We give up the things we turn to for security and safety. You are our God. And they changed. And God heard their prayers. So Ba'utha, as we enter into these next three days, we're saying the same exact thing. It's time for us to purge ourselves, myself included, from anything that we're holding on to that we think can save us. Not just for three days. To really take these next three days and say, what am I holding on to? What am I thinking, this thing or person that can save me? I am putting my safety constantly on a daily basis. We're putting our safety and security in something else besides God. We love God. We're here for God. And we say throughout the Mass, we, we honor you, God. We glorify you. But in reality, the depths of our hearts tells us what we really worship when we leave the church. And so again, we're begging God to have the same mercy on us that he had on, on our ancestors. If God would have destroyed the Ninevites in the Old Testament thousands of years ago, we, all of us, would not exist today. This is a big deal. This is a, a time of really reflecting these next three days. Some of us don't even know why we do it. This is the reason, to purge of the idols, those things we worship, whether we know it directly or indirectly. And we may be saying, well, Father, I, I don't worship anything else. God is my God and I don't worship anything. It looks very differently in 2024. It looks very differently, right? There could be the false god or idol of power, right? That I hold on to power. I will do whatever I can that's within my power to gain more power, more control over people and situations. That I put my security and my safety rather than God, I need power. That can be some of our idol today in 2024. It could be the false god or, or idol of status, titles, occupation. It's good to work. God has given us abilities, intellect, and a will to work, to make money. But we put everything, that security and safety, in this title, in this position, in this career, in this occupation. This defines me. No, it doesn't. We've made that a god. We put our trust We've turned to something else besides God for our safety and our security. Again, I'm not saying don't work. I'm not saying to be ambitious. I had a person say to me once, uh, uh, somebody who was talking to me, and he said, Father, is it ambitious, uh, I'm sorry, is it a sin to be ambitious in, in, in business? And I said, yes, if you are not ambitious in your family first. Go be ambitious. But it cannot define me. It's not my identity. 
what my assets are and what I work for and my occupation and my title. The false god, another one, can be the body. Right? We turn to the safety. It sounds weird, but we turn to the safety and the security in my body. I have to make it as strong as possible. I have to eat the best foods. I have to do all these things. It's a type of worship sometimes. Yes, our bodies are a gift from God. The Bible says our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We should take care of our bodies, but not at the expense of my soul. If I'm more concerned about my body than my soul, we have a huge problem. I've made my body a God. My body cannot save me. My soul, which is within my body, needs to be exercised. It needs to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. It needs to know the Father. It needs to know the Holy Spirit. And only then can we say, body is secondary. My soul is primary. That man on the cross died for my soul. It depends on me where it goes after I pass away. The body will be buried underground. The worms will eat the muscle and all these things that we're working for. We should work out. We should take care. Eat the proper foods. But my soul will live forever. Another idol or false god that we can have is materialism. Right? We turn to security and safety in these material things because it defines me. I'm somebody now. I have this piece of clothing. I live in this subdivision. I have this. I have that. And then I go and that becomes my identity. Because my safety. It becomes my security. Now I'm somebody. We were somebody when God fashioned us in the, in the womb. We were somebody when Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. It's not materialism which defines us. We need to be purged of this materialism in order to find out who we really are, sons and daughters of God. The false god of an idol of technology. I was just reading an article recently, the average American takes their iPhone or their phone and touches it 10 times an hour. Our phones, these devices, good, they're smart for a reason, they help us to be more efficient and they do great things. But I turn, if I'm constantly turning to my phone for safety and security, right, whether it's on social media, whether I want to go on YouTube, whether I want to see who texts me, whether I want to check my phone calls or I need to call somebody because I don't know what it's like to be silent, I don't know how to spend alone time with God, I just want to be distracted, I will never know who my God is. This phone has become my God. It has become a false idol. Somebody that I bow, bow down to. If it gets all of my attention throughout the day, if I'm grabbing it on average 10 times a day, who's my God? We are idols. We worship idols. And the phone can be one for sure. And finally, there's so many I could talk about, but the last one that I'll talk about today is just the false God and idol of self. Brothers and sisters, this may sound weird, but oftentimes we worship ourselves. When I don't want to listen to God, like Jonah, I don't want to do what you want me to do. That's a worship of self. When we're prideful, right, the opposite of pride is humility. Humility means dust. When we're prideful, when we think we're better than others, when we constantly want to talk about ourselves, we constantly want to bully people down to make ourselves feel better, this is the idol of self. This is a worship of myself. I find security and safety in what I think I am. And I need to, 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 to project that power on you. To instill fear or to get what I want, to manipulate situations. This is an idol worship of self. 
Also, I'll just say about this point here is another, another sign of worship of self. And again, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I think it's worth mentioning. A true, uh, some of us may not talk down to people, we're not disrespecting people, but one area where I do see that we can fall into this worship of self can be when we're in a constant state of fear and anxiety, constantly worried. Why? Think about that. If I'm constantly in a state of panic, if I'm constantly worried, if I'm constantly in fear, if I'm constantly anxious, then that means I have forgotten. I put my security and safety in myself. And I have forgotten who my God is. So we can worship ourselves sometimes. In today's gospel, we heard about two disciples of St. John the Baptist who followed Jesus, St. Andrew, and then the second person is not named. And that's on purpose, brothers and sisters. That nameless second disciple of St. John the Baptist, it's meant to be for us. We are the second nameless person who followed Jesus. And the same thing Jesus asked those two disciples 2,000 years ago, he's asking us today, what do you seek? What do you seek? That's what the Lord is asking all of us, myself included today. What do you seek? I seek you, Jesus, really? Really. The deepest desires in our hearts should be for God. But oftentimes we turn to other idols thinking again, that person, that thing, can save me. So as we enter into these next three days of Ba'otha to prepare us for Lent in three weeks, it's a great time to identify what is this false God which is trying to enslave me from knowing who my true God is, which is Jesus Christ who came into this world to free me from slavery. Amen?